0: the name of Jesus. Amen. My brother and sister-in-law are in education. And so when they have some more time in the summer times, they'll often do quite a bit of traveling with my nieces and nephew uh, to national parks, tent camping most of the way. These camping sites fill up fast. They often require months of Uh, planning and sometimes years in advance of reservations for some of the more popular ones. Half of the work of being on these long treks I'm coming to find is the planning process, which my sister-in-law just, I think she likes that part of it more than the actual trip. She loves to get into the nitty-gritty and map it all out, uh, get into the details. But when it's all said and done, they'll probably have most of the the map of the United States state parks. They'll have their pins pretty much filled up, except for maybe Alaska or way out, but they're uh, they're rounding it out quite nicely. Two summers ago, they clocked over 4,000 miles on their minivan heading out to Yellowstone in Wyoming and back. This past summer, they drove to Yosemite in California, uh, and their round trip was 7,500 miles. 7,500 miles, stopping along the way to take in the sights, uh, to sleep in tents along the way at different spots, and often this time uh, to get their van repaired during the trip. Some of the nights it would rain, Some it would be severely hot, others very, very cold, depending on where they were and what the elevation was. We would get updates occasionally throughout the summer in glimpses as they would go through small towns or certain rest stops where if they had Wi-Fi or just enough cell signal uh, to post a couple of pictures, we would find out that they're still alive and doing well. They're still somewhere in the known universe and. They're making their way here or they're headed back. Uh, but I heard about some of the breakdowns, and I told them before they even left. I said, you got to get rid of that van. But my brother's logic was, if we're going to put all these miles on, I don't want to put it on a new one. And I'm thinking, all right, go ahead. Uh, you're rolling the dice, but my money's not on the van. And so at one of their stops, I didn't know when they would get it. I mocked up this picture. Uh, It was of the redwood forest, a big redwood tree, and I put a tombstone in front of the tree. And on the tombstone, I just wrote, the van. And I put a caption at the bottom that said, one national park too many. And I sent it to him, and he quickly took it down. He didn't want anyone else to see it because he didn't want them to get the wrong idea. But he laughed. He laughed pretty hard. What I didn't know is that was, when he got that, that was the fourth time that their van had broken down, and they had to change routes to try to get this fixed and get back on the road. And every time it would happen, it would be a Friday night, you know, when there's no mechanics right after closing time. The next town would be so far away; they're driving 15 miles an hour on the wrong size spare tire. Uh, anything you can do, he'd have a tire, a radiator. You know, all, it was different stuff every time. And I thought, every time I'm reading this, I'm like. Man, that trip is filled with joy. I wish I would have went on that trip with them. Shucks, I have to work all summer. You know, I thought, look what we're missing out on. And I thought, all right. So they get back, uh, and I asked them, too, you know, how was the trip? I asked my nieces and nephews, expecting to hear them go on and on about this grandeur that they saw and these majestic sights, and it took them a long time to get to the good stuff. Uh, they told me a lot, but it wasn't what, you know, wasn't what you'd go out to see. There was a lot of the details of the trip where I just didn't hear any joy. So I thought, all right. Uh, it wasn't long after they were back. You'll be all relieved to know they have a brand new van now. Uh, they, it broke down one last time in front of their house, and they literally couldn't move it uh, to get to a car dealer or anything. So they, that kind of decided for them. As I thought of their trip, though, and I hear our reading tonight, the wise men, we have one line from Matthew chapter 2. It says, the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. That's all we get. Short, sweet, but that was probably not their journey, uh, to say the least. The east, wise men, would probably be coming from Babylon That would be modern-day Baghdad or Iraq. So the distance from there to Bethlehem is about 900 miles. So if you're walking on foot or driving, it would be from here to Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's about how far they would have traveled. On fully loaded camels, if you're averaging what I researched to be about 20 miles per day, If you made no stops, no detours, didn't sleep, and you went a beeline straight, you might be able to do it in 45 days. But when we hear in Scripture that they stopped at Herod's, that he's asking about the star, that the order to kill babies was anyone two years and under, the length of their journey was probably much longer than a summer trip. To cross the desert on foot, no GPS, no cell phone, no reservations, no Airbnbs. One bright star, less than stellar meals on the road. And your only reservation being a few hundred year old prophecy where the fine print just simply says, see star. I don't know if I would have signed up for that one. It says, date to be determined. And so they set out with that as their Information. Longing to see what is described. And I wonder if we had a conversation with the Magi after their trip was all done. How much of the story would include that one moment that we hear in Matthew. Where they bowed down and worshipped. Where the whole trip paid off. Obviously, great joy in the moment. But to go through all of that, to get to the joy at the end, is tough. Our journey through Advent right now. This is about the time in the month where joy wanes a little bit. We know that Christmas is within arm's length. It's really close but we're not quite there yet. For some of us that's a relief. For some of us it terrifies us because our lists are still pretty long and we need more than just four or five days or at least it feels like that. Uh, What we've gone through has been a lot. And we're still trying to get to the end. But if we only push through Advent to get to the end, to find out and hear once again that Jesus was born in a manger and the Magi presented gifts, then our preparations, our busyness of this month as we scrape through to the 25th, I can't offer you much joy or much hope. If that's all we're doing. But for you and I, for you and I, it's different than the Magi. It's different in a special way. For them, their trip would culminate at the end, finally, finally, if the prophecies were true, to see the long-promised Messiah. Only after the trip ends. But for you and I, who celebrate Christmas every year and remember in that celebrating that the Christ, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, God who humbled himself as a baby, put on human flesh, the all-powerful, the invincible God that's majestic beyond all things, put on flesh to be able to die. To die death and to rise again for your sins and mine, that we can come and approach God and be forgiven. And God, Jesus can rise and once again be all-powerful in all places with every single person, all at the same time. So now for you and I, as we celebrate Christmas, as we go through Advent, Jesus goes with us. And that's drastically different. Than the first time around. Jesus goes with us, and it's not that we have to wait till the end to experience joy, even if our road through Advent stinks. Even if we struggle, even if the things aren't lining up, even if our checklists don't get fully completed, even if we didn't get to the Christmas card this year, or sending them out, or we filled it out only to realize we forgot in addition to a hundred and some stamps, we needed envelopes to go with those stamps, and now you're still not ahead of the game. Whatever it may be, whatever it's tough to find joy in, oh man, has it helped to be reminded that Jesus, our joy, is with us right now as we go through. Jesus is with us as we wait for Jesus. Have you ever thought about that during Advent? Christmas doesn't just celebrate the manger, but it keeps us looking forward. Now we share something with the Magi. We know the prophecy. We know from our reading in Revelation that... Jesus promises to return and come in glory where all this pain and suffering goes away, where he ushers in all things new and restores things fully. And so as we wait for Jesus to come again, we wait with Jesus, with us now. So the, the J in joy might as well be Jesus. Jesus is our joy tonight. It's not some fake thing that we have to muster up or maintain. Joy is God incarnate who maintains you. Through our trials. Through our tribulations. All while we're looking forward, looking ahead for him to be with us face to face. For him to fulfill all things. So as you prepare to celebrate Christmas in just a few days, continue looking forward to that next big sight to behold. Let your imaginations run wild. And even if you're struggling right now, do so knowing that you struggle with Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen.